Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday, May 26, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, it seems like every day I come on here, it becomes more and more apparent that Jeff Sessions is Pokemon going to lose. Oh yeah, now it's time for a little Jeff Sessions update, if you guys want to call it that. Now this is from Bama News Now. Alabama News Now, to be exact. I can't find a date on this article. But I found it today. Um, yeah, this is from today. Okay. Jeff Sessions issues debate challenge to Tommy Tuberville. Okay. Today, Jeff Sessions issued the following debate challenge to Tommy Tuberville. First off, I would like to thank Bama News Now for being the first news organization to just say it happened the day the article was published. Most of them just say the day of the week, as if that's, like, really all that more specific. Mr. Tuberville, it is time for you to stop running away and face me and the voters of Alabama. Uh, it seems like he's already faced the voters of Alabama. The only reason you're still running is because the COVID-19 epidemic drew back your primary. If it had happened when it was planned to, you would have lost by now. Because you're a loser, like all of your Trumper buddies. And face me- oh, I already read that. No candidate who is scared to debate or unable to defend our values is worthy of support from the people of Alabama. I challenge you to a series of five debates. Jesus, five debates? When is primary again? Oh, it's not until July. I guess that's possible, but still, five debates? Really? Um, and you know he's intentionally stacking the number of debates, so that way Tuberville will back down, because that's the tactic. You won't agree to five debates during an incredibly tight campaign? Well, obviously, that's just because you're a coward. No, we just there's only so many hours in the case, former Sander Sessions. And you're going to remain former forever, buddy. And now let's see where we... For the voters of Alabama, one for each major media market in our state. This will allow us to discuss the unique issues to each geographic area, as well as national and international issues. Anyone who represents our state needs to demonstrate that they know Alabama and each of its six to seven unique counties. Oh my God! Jeff Sessions is Google. He can get. He can tell you how many counties are in Alabama. And side note, I should note one of the main reasons I genuinely do think Jeff Sessions is just so entitled in this race because he has never faced a serious challenger before. He entered politics running as Attorney General of Alabama in 1994. In an already Republican-heavy state, he was going to win, especially because the incumbent was a Democrat. Then he ran for the Senate in 96. Was it? Yeah, it'd be 96. In 2014, he didn't even have a challenger. Seriously. But 
Totally, guys, totally. Sessions knows how to run a competitive campaign. No, the only thing that could take Sessions down is another Republican. And he did not count on that. He thought he was going to waltz on in here and just be the nomination because he was he had that sentence before. Well, sorry, Jeff, but that's not how it works. The people have said they like Tuberville at every single turn. Hence why he is going to win and you are going to lose. Now accept this early and I'll save you a month and a half. You can't represent Alabama's interests unless you prove that you understand Alabama and the challenges we face. Given your TV ads boasted about how strong you are while standing at a gym where other people are exercising, isn't your party opposed to shutdowns? I'm sure you can find it within yourself to demonstrate that strength in a series of debates so that the people of Alabama can see for themselves. Okay, Jeff, you really need a proofreader because like half that paragraph could have been taken out. Seriously, you were a senator for like three, four terms? You were attorney general, you can't get a proofreader? Okay. Being a United States senator is more than just casting the occasional vote. Actually, it kind of is. Or actually, it kind of isn't. Uh, effective senators must be ready to debate Chuck Schumer, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren. Have you ever debated those people? Have you ever been in a debate ever? I'm sorry, has Jeff Sessions ever actually been in a televised debate before? The only time anyone paid attention to him on C-SPAN before he was Attorney General was when he said that marijuana was bad because Lady Gaga said so. Seriously, before then, nobody heard of him. After then, we all forgot about him until Trump made him Attorney General. That is how boring of a person Senator Elf is. Seriously, he looks like an elf. Um, here is the last part that I actually want to read out, because so much of this is just... If there's one word, or one phrase I could use to describe this message, it's passive-aggressive. Seriously. And I want to make it clear, because I know that if I attack Tuberville after he wins the primaries, people will accuse me of just wanting Tuberville because it's easier to attack. If... We live in the one-in-a-hundred universes where Sessions wins. I will attack him, too. Okay? I'm probably not going to like Tuberville if I know more about him. I'll admit that right now. I know I definitely, however, do not like Jeff Sessions. I don't even really care for Doug Jones, in all honesty. That's what this show is, guys. Sorry, I attack politicians when I feel they're wrong. And I feel they're wrong quite a bit. I mentioned this because yesterday I saw Ann Coulter tweet out that, oh, they waited uh, for all the controversies. They waited till after they were nominated for Senate seats until um, for them to report on controversies. And one of her examples was Todd Aiken, uh, the guy who's running, who was running for a Missouri Senate seat against Claire McCaskill as the seat that currently belongs to Josh Hawley. And basically only lost because of a comment he made where he said that if women were legitimately raped, they couldn't get pregnant. Which is utter nonsense on every account. 
Of course, yeah, nobody attacked him for that until after he got the Senate nomination. Because he hadn't made it until after he got the Senate nomination. And she mentioned the same thing with Roy Moore, but people have been attacking Roy Moore for years. This was the same guy who was in a nationwide scandal when he tried to display the Ten Commandments outside of an Alabama courthouse. This was the same guy who said that gay marriage is the exact same thing as slavery and got attacked for it. Roy Moore has been attacked tons of times. The Republicans nominated him against her. Was it with her? No, yeah, that's who she wanted. Uh, because she didn't like Luther Strange. Dan Coulter didn't. It's just utter nonsense. But okay, back to Sessions. I'm getting off topic. Uh, here's the last part I want to read out. The Alabama voters need to hear you answer questions about... Oh, wait, that's, that's not the part. That's him being passive-aggressive, sorry. Uh, here's the part I do want to read out. And anyone representing Alabama needs to be fully vetted before they are trusted to represent Alabama Republicans in a race against Doug Jones. I've been fully vetted over and over again. And you're about to lose that vetting, aren't you? The National Democratic Party tried to find dirt on me when I helped President Trump win the 2016 election. Um... Uh, I mean, you weren't up for election for another, like, four years, so it would have been kind of hard to do so. And by the way, Jeff, I'm sure you were so hurt by endorsing Donald Trump when you represent a state that Trump won with twice the votes Cruz got. Whoops. And as for the claim that Democrats are trying to find dirt on you because of that, they typically try to find dirt on you because they're running against you. Something you might not understand because no one ran against you in 2014. And by the way, he finishes this by saying, okay, my phone went in sleep. Uh, he finishes this while saying, they came up empty because there's nothing there. Well, I, I figured you guys should know. That one of the pieces of dirt they got on Sessions was him saying that his biggest issue with the Ku Klux Klan was that some of them smoked marijuana. He was also the first person in the administration to formally be caught lying about meeting with Russia. You remember that, Jeff Sessions? I sure do. But guys, guys, there's no dirt on Jeff Sessions, okay? He is just pure white. Wait a minute. Okay, here is an update into the insider trading story, or insider trader story, as some have called it. That's what a get a Brian Moran calls it on Twitter, and I think he's hilarious. Go follow that account, by the way. Uh, Justice Department closing insider trading investigation into three U.S. senators. The Justice Department is closing investigation into three U.S. senators for stock trades made shortly before the coronavirus market turmoil, but is continuing a, rel a related investigation into GOP Senator Richard Burr, according to people familiar with the matter. Prosecutors on Tuesday, that's today, 
alerted defense attorneys for Republicans Kelly Lawfer of Georgia and James Inhofe of Oklahoma, as well as Democrat Dianne Feinstein of California, that they are closing investigation into their trading, the people said. Now, the reason they aren't investigating Feinstein, I'm not sure. Okay, I bluntly am not sure. I think it's because they want to make it look like they're holding the party accountable. This was done by the Justice Department. Or was it the Justice Department? Yes, the Justice Department. Which is still run by Attorney General William Barr. Barr, I have criticized, as have many others criticized, for being a partisan hack. Who cares more about his own party than he does actual law? Here's something else I noticed, though. This is something I thought was kind of interesting. So Richard Burr is in his fourth term in the Senate. His term will not expire until 2022, and he has said that he is not running for re-election. He is currently under investigation. Kelly Lawfer is not even currently in her first term, as remember, she was appointed by Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. However, she is running for the 2020 Georgia Senate election, and if she wins, she'll be able to keep her Senate seat. That election, by the way, is less than six months away at the time of recording. Okay? You know who else, by the way, is running for re-election in 2020? Jim Inhofe. The other Republican the Justice Department dropped the investigations of. So basically, there is no reason to die on Richard Burr. The Republican Party understands that. Okay, he's not running for anything anymore. And even if he was, he is not going to be up for re-election for another two years. Meaning, even if he is found guilty... It's not like the voters will remember this come two years from now. However, this will be fresh in people's minds when Kelly Lawfer and Jim Inhofe run for re-election this November. This means that if either of those two were found guilty of insider trading and penalized for it, that would be a major blow to a Republican Party that is desperately holding control of the Senate. Remember, Republicans lost the popular vote in the 2018 Senate election. They only kept control because about two-thirds of the seats that were up were Democrats. If that hadn't been the case... Democrats would control it like they do the House right now. Now, in 2020, Democrats will only need to win three or four Senate seats to get control of the Senate. And as of right now, a lot of people are predicting that Trump is not going to get reelected. I'm not going to say for sure yet. However, a recent mathematical formula... I forget by who, but the, it's predicted most of presidential elections very accurately, said Trump might get as low as 35% of the popular vote. Okay? So, the GOP is doing everything in its power to gain control, to remain the small amounts of control it has allowed. 
And so what they are doing is a show trial. They'll do a show trial with Richard Burr because if they close all of the investigations, then it will be obvious what they're doing. However, if they only investigate Burr and they push it and they pretend no one else was caught, they pretend that Lawfer and Inoff were not caught, as they are going to do, then it's possible everyone will forget about this and they'll have two senators still in their seats come November. Do not let them play this trick. Okay? Do not let them play this trick. That's the trick they really want to play. We should not allow them to do so. Remember Kelly Lawfer and Jim Inhofe come 2020. And while on the topic, specifically make sure you mention them everywhere and ask why the Justice Department just so happened to close investigation on two Republicans who are up for re-election later this year. It will be rhetorical, of course, because I just explained to you the reason. However, that doesn't matter. Anyway, speaking of Kelly Lawford, she has an ad out against Doug Collins that I don't need to cover, but we're going to rub some salt on the wound and talk about it real quick. Uh, she shows various Democrats throughout the ad and has their faces um, apparent before they turn into Doug Collins. There's like Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Bernie Sanders, who's not a Democrat, by the way. He's an independent and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and then Stacey Abrams at the end. It zooms out, we see Doug Collins. That doesn't matter. Let's just listen to the substance. A typical career politician who says one thing and does another, who opposes term limits, who supported millions for Common Core and millions more for sanctuary cities, and politically correct restrictions on our Second Amendment rights. That's typical politician Doug Collins. Doug Collins. He's just not who you think he is. I just want to say, an unelected oligarch who was appointed by somebody who possibly rigged his election in the first place, telling us about the need for term limits, describes every politician who's in favor of term limits in all honesty. I'm sorry, but this is why I decided to talk about it, because this actually did piss me off. Kelly Lawford apparently believes in term limits so much, she hasn't even been elected to one term yet. I I'm sorry, but that actually really bothers me. Doug Collins is against term limits. Well, you're an unelected oligarch appointed by a guy who possibly won through voter suppression. And you're going to lecture us about the need for term limits. No, I'm sorry. This is what I've been saying for years about term limits to anyone who buys into this nonsensical agenda. The fact is, term limits would not hurt people like Kelly Lawfer. Not at all. Seriously, they're going to be they're going to constantly be elected by big money. They're going to be constantly appointed by establishment governors. They don't need to worry about them. Politicians who go above and beyond, they're the ones who have to worry. So you know what? Just for that, I'm officially endorsing Doug Collins. I don't know anything else about him other than Kelly Lawfer is a mad, is super mad that He's against term limits. 
And I want whatever amount of terms Lawfer uh, wants senators to have, I want Collins to serve twice that amount. I probably don't even like him. I just hate Kelly Lawfer that much. Seriously. I also love the phrase politically correct restrictions on our Second Amendment rights. He couldn't have just said he supports restrictions on our Second Amendment rights. Couldn't have said that. Instead, you add politically correct to really what rile up the five people who are still mad at that. Political correctness doesn't exist. I'm sorry, it doesn't exist. It's not important enough to care or talk about. Oh my god, an appointed U.S. Senator is standing up to those politically incorrect, what well, we just saw you stand to those politically correct uh, insider trading laws. And for that matter, what would a politically incorrect restriction on our Second Amendment right look like? Listen here, okay? We are only banning black firearms. Every other color's fine. I'm going to hell for that joke. If that was just word salad, it pissed me off as well. Kelly Lawfer pisses me off so much. Seriously. She should be in a jail cell. I'm sorry. In every ad... Ran by Doug Collins, or I don't even know if he's got, no, I don't even think he has the nomination yet. But if he does get the nomination, every ad should be, this person is an unelected oligarch who is now angry that I'm against term limits. That should be every ad. It should be, well, you're an unelected oligarch, but I'm against term limits, so I guess it all evens out. And I'm sorry, but this idea that term limits are some big thing that people want. The American people as a whole will say they want term limits in a vacuum. But they never actually do. What was the guy's name? Tom Foley? I think it was Tom I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah, it was Tom Foley. His home state of Washington put a two-term limit on the House of Representatives in 1992. Okay? The same year they elected Folly to, like, his eighth term or something ridiculous like that. Folly was the Speaker of the House, the first one since the Civil War to lose re-election. Wait, it was 1860. No, that would, that would have been just before the Civil War. The first one since just before the Civil War to lose re-election over this manufactured controversy known as term limits. And you hear these people are walking arguments for term limits, yet it's never the voters never actually support them when it comes to putting their money when their mouth is. You ever notice that? People of West Virginia didn't seem to want term limits when they kept re-electing Robert Byrd. People of Massachusetts didn't seem to want term limits when they kept re-electing Ted Kennedy. People of South Carolina seemed to not want term limits when they kept re-electing Strom Thurmond. People in Iowa don't seem to want term limits because they're still re-electing Chuck Grassley. People in Kentucky don't seem to want term limits considering they're still electing Mitch McConnell. People in Utah don't seem to want term limits considering they kept re-electing Orrin Hatch. And these are all just off the top of my head. Yeah, okay, Kelly, keep running on term limits for the five people who really do support them. In a vacuum, you can get people to say they support whatever the hell you want. 
In a vacuum, people will say this actually happened on Penn and Teller's bullshit when they got a Republican pollster. I forget his full name. His first name was Frank. Get his last name. Who asked the guy, uh, do you believe the government spends too much on illegal immigrants? And he said, yes. Would you deny an illegal immigrant access to an emergency room health care? No. Would you let their kids go to public school? Yes. So you spend too much. So we spend too much, but you don't want to cut spending. Pretty much, yeah. That's the same thing with term limits. Do you want term limits? Sure. Do you also want to stop re-electing your current congressman, who you voted for before, because he served X amount of terms? No, not really. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's really just unbelievable. And of course, the first real example that I remember hearing about when it came to this was back in the 90s when Newt Gingrich... Guys, some of you might remember this if you're old enough. Back in the 90s when Newt Gingrich was speaker, this was just after he became speaker in 95, uh, he demanded that he tried to introduce a term limit bill that would have limited it to, I think it's six terms for House Representatives, okay? Gingrich was in his eighth. Eighth or ninth. He served ten terms total. Could it have been... Nine or ten. I forget exactly how many. He entered Congress in 78, left in 98. Okay? I think that'd be ten. Yeah, that'd be ten terms. He was in his eighth when he said congressmen should only be allowed to have six terms. That's term limits for you, folks. And how many of these strict terms? I mean, there are a few that actually will. There are a few that actually will. Richard Burr actually will, to his credit. A lot of these guys won't. Okay, they say that to rile you up and convince you that's what we need. Well, wait, there are tons of representatives I don't want term limits on. I didn't want Ron Paul to be term limited. Seriously. And the fact is, term limits are typically a tool by people who keep losing. That's why the first presidential candidate to suggest them was Thomas Dewey, back in 1944. Because he couldn't win against Roosevelt any other way. That was his whole campaign. Was just screaming, Sir, we need you serve too many terms. And then Roosevelt was like, and I'm about to be elected to another one, bitch. Yeah! That basically sums up the 44 election pretty well. Uh, then Dewey only defeated Truman in Chicago, but that's another story you guys aren't ready for. Uh, <laughs> the point is term limits are stupid, and Kelly Loeffer is stupid, and so are politically correct restrictions on your Second Amendment. That writes, that phrase is stupid. And I spent 10 minutes dissecting a 30-second ad because I just hate Kelly Loeffer that much. Anyway, ever since the death of Jeffy Epistepi at the hands of someone who may or may not be our current Attorney General, there has been a malicious right-wing misinformation campaign. You could even call it, if you were crazy, a vast right-wing conspiracy to pin it on former President Bill Clinton. Uh, however, looks like they may have finally got their ace in the hole. Ready? <clears throat> okay, this screen won't fit uh, my... There we go. 
Netflix's Jeffrey Epstein Filthy Rich documentary claims Bill Clinton was spotted on Tycoon's pedophile island. Hmm. Of course, nobody's talked about his relations with Ken Starr, Alan Dershowitz, Donald Trump, Bill Barr, Michael Bloomberg, or anyone except Bill Clinton. I'm starting to think there's a coincidence going on here. And by the way, if they killed Epstein, why didn't they ever kill, I don't know, the people who broke Whitewater? Or Matt Drudge, for that matter, since he broke the Lewinsky scandal? Like, you'd think there were other people they could have killed first? So no one involved in Whitewater got, well, I guess technically Vince Foss, but then that was proven to be a suicide. Although there are still theories that, although that's the thing with these Bill Clinton conspiracy theories, they contradict themselves constantly. One theory constantly promoted, and nowadays, is that Hillary Clinton was having an affair with Vince Foss, despite the fact they also claim that she's a lesbian. These theories don't make any sense. Hence... Boss was killed to cover that up, I guess, because we could never know someone with the last name Clinton had extramarital affairs. Everyone knew Bill Clinton had extramarital affairs, by the way. Okay. Okay. Then it was to hide Whitewater, which, side note, they did a really bad job considering there were people convicted regarding Whitewater, just not Bill Clinton. So no one involved with that died. No one involved with the Lewinsky scandal died, including Lewinsky. Like, you, you think they could have, like, hired a sniper? A shooter? Don't do that for the record, but I'm just saying, if they want to if they want to do this, they need to start thinking bigger. Or they should have been thinking bigger. They also didn't get Matt Drudge for some reason. So nobody in the vast majority of Bill Clinton's camps has been proven to have even committed suicide, let alone be killed by the Clintons. They also didn't get Paula Jones or Julia Broderick or a million other people who could have taken down the administration. Or Rush Limbaugh, for that matter. Or Newt Gingrich. Or Jerry Falwell, who released the Clinton Chronicles VHS. Which he later admitted he didn't even know if it was true or not. Like, like couldn't they have gone after him and citizens for... I think it was called, like, Citizens for Ethics and Government. It's not to be confused with actual citizens who want ethics and government, though. I'm sorry, but this whole thing is based on a house of cards been, like, throwing it, trying to find. And mind you, there are a lot of Bill Clinton policies I do disagree with. I want to make that clear. Okay? You can disagree with the guy's policies. That's fine. But trying to frame him as a murderer or a rapist or now a pedophile, as the Republican Party has been flailing in the wind to do for 20 years, for all for 25 years now, is just nonsensical. But let's actually read this article. Now, as we know, this information was broke by the incredibly well-known and trustworthy source of Netflix documentaries. But who reported on this first? Well, that would be The Sun a British tabloid owned by a man named Rupert Murdoch, who also owns the Fox News Network. Who 
have a very bad record when it comes to Bill Clinton. That's that's being nice. But okay, let's actually read this article by Henry Holloway. Your name is now Henry Holloway, because that's funnier. Give you credit, it's not like the guy who broke the Obamagate scandal, Hootwoo, or whatever his name was. That guy just had a name that was a euphemism for vagina. You don't quite have that. Uh, this first part's in bold, so I guess I have to scream it. Netflix's new Jeffrey Epstein documentary claims Bill Clinton was spotted on the billionaire's so-called pedophile island. I like how they had to put in two qualifiers. First, so-called, and then pedophile island in quotes. So, Bill Clinton was caught on something that might have kind of been a pedophile island. They claim. They claim. Bill Clinton was spotted on something that might have been a pedophile island. Amazing arguments, guys. Seriously. Seriously. Three cheers for the sun. Let's, let's read a little bit more. Documentary series Filthy Rich alleges that the former president was spotted sitting with Epstein on the private Caribbean island of Little St. James. Side note, we know Clinton has had no interaction with Epstein since around 2002. Just saying. But okay, there were suspicious things regarding Clinton's relationship with Epstein. So let's actually look at this. Steve Scully, now 70, who maintained the phones and internet on the island... Wait, what?! So, did this guy know it was a pedophile island? S serious question. Did Steve Scully know it was a pedophile island that he openly maintained the phone's internet for? Uh, if so, then Steve Scully is a bad person. Who could have brought Jeffrey Epstein to justice years ago, but didn't. If not, then Steve Scully has some plausible deniability. There was some secret hidden, okay? Why does that same scrutiny not apply to Bill Clinton? Serious question. Why is it that Steve Scully can be innocent while being on the island for much longer than Bill Clinton, but Bill Clinton maybe shows up once and then all of a sudden he's a pedophile? The people pushing this story just don't make any sense. And further question, when was this? Now, I assume that the Steve Scully uh, being talked about was the guy from C-SPAN. However, that doesn't make any sense because that Scully is 59, this Scully says he's 70. Other sources do list him as a former employee of, set of, Epstein's inter of Epstein's estate. However, none of them give me a reason to trust him. How do I know this guy isn't just capitalizing? But, okay, okay, let, let's continue on. There were no other guests around at the time he claims. I totally believe that. He also alleges he once saw another male guest of Epstein on the island, completely naked, surrounded by three topless girls, who, of course, he can't name. 
Because if you name anyone other than Bill Clinton in these kind of stories, they don't care. Hence why almost none of the media talked about the fact that Attorney General Bill Barr met with Jeffrey Epstein the day before Epstein, or the day of Epstein's death. Hence why nobody in the media talked about the fact that Alan Dershowitz, the very famous lawyer and his best friend of Dennis Prager, who's one of Trump's biggest fans on radio, he's up there with Rush Limbaugh and, Mike Levin, and Mark Levin and Michael Savage. Uh, he's also the guy who, fun fact, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone based the Officer Bar Brady voice on South Park. Uh, but no one ever talked about Dershowitz's connections. No one ever talked about Ken Starr's connections. Seriously, and it's not a partisan thing because Dershowitz is a Democrat. Almost nobody talked about Michael Bloomberg's connections, despite the fact he was mentioned under several names in Epstein's contact book. While on the topic, you know who else almost nobody talked about the connections to? Seriously, almost nobody. Donald Trump, the President of the United States. Nobody talked about that. Outside of some brief fringe discussion on Twitter. And the reason for that is, it's because it's only acceptable to take targets who we've just determined are always guilty. And Bill Clinton is one of those people who we have just determined, not necessarily arbitrarily, mind you, is always guilty among an accusation. Now, it's funny that Alan Dershowitz just released a book talking about how the Me Too movement has ruined innocence until proven guilty. He's released that last year. Has anyone even accused him, despite the fact he has been known to... Uh, he was Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer when he was arrested back in 07. Has anyone asked him about that? Anyone at all? Again, there were some fringe on Twitter, but no one in the mainstream media that I'm aware of. You know, there was a photo. Uh, I remember seeing it was Krang who posted this on Twitter. It was a car busting through a wall, and it says Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile scandal. And then it shows a guy in a hot dog looking confused, and it just says Alan Dershowitz. I mean, that's really what this is. Alan Dershowitz is a guy in a hot dog suit looking confused. And he will always be a guy in a hot dog suit looking confused. Because that's the kind of man Alan Dershowitz is. And again, none of these people are mentioned in this article outside of Bill Clinton. Because that is the only person we are allowed to talk about the connections of Jeffrey Epstein with. Seriously, the mainstream media has said that is the only man we are allowed to talk about regarding these Epstein scandals. It's not just the mainstream media. The alternative media has fallen for this as well. Daily Wire fell for this. Gab's fallen for this. All of these sources, InfoWars has especially fallen for this. It wouldn't surprise me if Barr specifically knew he could order a hit on Epstein because he thought everybody would blame it on Hillary Clinton. And take a guess what they did, by the way. They blamed it on Hillary Clinton. Despite the fact she doesn't even really have anything to gain out of this. Seriously. But no, 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 guys. No, guys. Seriously. It's all Bill Clinton's doing. Everything bad in this world, in the mind of these people, is the result of Bill Clinton. 
I'm not even joking. That's seriously how these people think, and I think it is absurdly childish. Um, but, okay, let's get... Maybe I should read a little bit more. He also alleges he once saw another male guest of Epstein's on the island, completely naked, surrounded by... Oh, wait, I already read that, sorry. Uh, Mr. Scully said, you tell yourself that you didn't know for sure and you never really saw anything, but that's all just rationalizations. Jeffrey Epstein, he was a guy who concealed his deviancy very well, but he didn't conceal it that well. So he concealed it very well, but not that well. I totally believe this. Here's how you convince me, Steve Scully. Here's how you can seriously convince me. Actually name somebody besides Bill Clinton who we've just always determined it's okay to call anything, even pedophile or murderer. Just give me one other person. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who. And we'll look into that, and then if that turns out to be true, I'll admit you might be onto something, but until then, I just see this as a publicity stunt. I'm sorry. I really do. I really do. I do not believe this man actually knows anything based on the information I'm getting. I really don't. I really don't. I don't believe he saw anything at the very least. He might have worked for Epstein, but I don't believe he saw what he's saying he saw. I mean, this reads like something I'd come up with. Okay, I have to think about what happened at, um... Epstein's pedophile island. Let's see. Uh, I mean, obviously Bill Clinton was there. And uh, there was also a guy. And he was around three naked girls. What age were they, by the way? Because, like, if they're over 18, it's not really a pedophile island anymore. Um, and for that matter, like, if you saw it, you could have, like, called the police... You run the phones, don't you? I mean, were you just confused at first? Because they were like, uh, well-developed teenage girls or something? That's the case. Epstein sounds stupid, because then just go with legal teenage girls. Yeah, go with, like, 18-year-olds who just turned 18. And, oh, Epstein could get them. Let's be real here, okay? And that's not me insulting any women. Okay, but he could get anyone he wanted. Okay, not anyone. Not anyone. That's too far. He could get a large majority of the younger population if he wanted them. Seriously. But no, no, he specifically went after teenage girls who were already so developed that this guy couldn't tell. I guess is what I'm getting from this. Um, I think he's a liar. I really do. I'm sorry. But nothing about this makes sense. Steve Scully, I don't trust you. And you know what? It's probably going to stay that way. That's fine, though. I've been right all along anyway. Oh, by, by the way, that's all for tonight. 
I'm Ephraim, and good night. If you enjoy this show, you'll probably enjoy my book, Ramblings of a Madman, Life is an Anarchist. Follow me on Twitter at EphraimDoSeen1. And if you have something to email me, you can email me at PeacefulGlobalistReview at gmail.com. That's PeacefulGlobalistReview at gmail.com. It's just the name of the show at gmail.com.